From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Doherty. This is The Deeper Dig. This week, progressives have taken control of the Burlington City Council. Tuesday's election brought victories for newcomers Zariah Hightower and Jane Stromberg, effectively giving the progressives a majority on the governing body of Vermont's largest city. But the party is already looking ahead to next year's races, when they see the mayor's office up for grabs. Midday on Tuesday, no one in Burlington is sure what to expect. That includes our Burlington reporter, Aidan Quigley. What are you looking at today? Like, what do you think the possible outcomes could be? Yeah, so wards one and eight are kind of going to decide the makeup of the council. And we're here at the Ward 1 polling station. It's around 1 o'clock, and it seems like there's a competitive three-candidate race. And honestly, no one knows what's going to happen. Uh, you don't even know? I, I Usually I can make some predictions, but I'm, I, any order could happen, and I would not be that surprised. Because that goes for the candidates, too. I've heard a lot of predictions, and they are all varied and I'm sure all incorrect. But <laughs> I really can't say. I'm cautiously optimistic, though, which I think I've been saying all along. Any prediction for tonight? No. I have an inkling, but I'm yeah. going to keep that yeah. to myself. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> Outside of Ward 1, there were... The three candidates, you know, longtime incumbent Sharon Bushar, Jillian Scannell is a Democrat. She's a student body president here at UVM. And Zariah Hightower, the progressive candidate, standing outside with supporters, you know, holding signs. It was a very sunny day, very nice. Uh, you know, it's been a pretty long, cold winter up here in Burlington. So how are you uh, feeling today? It's a beautiful day. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm feeling good. How are you doing? I'm good. Beautiful day, can't beat it. Once the sunshine came out, that really lifted some spirits. So Ward 1, competitive three-way race, you know, three candidates who all had their own, you know, different bases of support. Uh, It was really expected to be kind of uh, a close competitive race with a decent possibility of a runoff. But as it turned out, it was not particularly close. Uh, Zariah Hightower received over half the vote in a a pretty um, sizable margin of of victory over Busher and uh, Scannell. When we were up there, you told me that you thought wards one and eight were, were basically going to decide the election, and that turned out to be pretty accurate. Everyone kind of agreed that wards one and eight were the two battleground wards. The Democrats were kind of hopeful that high turnout from the primary would kind of help get them over the top in eight and one, which are both kind of student-heavy wards. Uh, eight is almost entirely students, and one is a kind of mix of students and permanent residents, I guess, people who live in town. I sense this ward, ward one changing back to very much a progressive ward. We talked for a couple minutes to Dave Hartnett. Can you tell me who Dave is and why he thought the progs stood a chance there in that district? Yeah, so Dave was a former Democratic city councilor, but really known for kind of his independent streak. He's one of the more conservative members of the council, I'd say, on the Democratic side. He definitely uh, is willing to speak his mind on, on city issues. Do you want to chit-chat? Sure, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> I'm always free to say some things. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why I love you, Dave. <laughs> um, so he kind of made the argument that he thought that, you know, Ward 1 was becoming progressive, more progressive, and part of it was due to, you know, kind of the way the city's trending and, and a, a feeling of uh, Ward 1 was discouraged by Mayor Moreau Weinberger, the Democrat, and, you know, the way his administration had been had been running the city. Over the last 30 years, it's kind of shifted back and forth. You know, it used to be a strong Democratic ward, 
then Bernie became mayor and it went progressive. And, uh, and then I think early years of Moreau, right? It was a democratic ward, but I think over the last three or four years, it's turned more progressive. You saw that with the Richard Dean race, and mm -hmm. right? I think there's some, I think in general, people are pretty discouraged what's going on in the city of Burlington overall, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why you see the progressives, you know, picking up seats a couple last year, possibly a seat tonight, tonight here, you know? Um, and that's why you see races in every ward as well, mm -hmm. you know? In the last year, the, the the two kind of major issues, I guess three major issues that have kind of arisen are, one is City Place and the lack of development uh, you know, downtown, the hole in the ground. Uh, so that's one big issue. The second is definitely the police department social media scandal, which led to the resignation of Police Chief Brandon Del Pozo and Deputy Police Chief Jan Wright. Uh, and the third is just definitely, you know, housing and affordability is a major issue in town. A lot of people are having a hard time with extremely high rent and people feel like it's not get, it's not getting better for them. It's just, it's, it's an expensive place to live. So anything we can do to sort of equalize things and make it not so painful both on renters and owners would be good. It definitely seemed like housing was at the front of mind for a lot of voters that we talked to at these particular polling places. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely the leading, it, one of the leading issues, I'd say, in, in the city of Rolling. Okay, well, I voted for Jane. Yeah. She's more kind of like connected to the students. Yeah, she definitely knows what it's like to be a student here, knows about how expensive housing is. Um, Zariah also fights for the same. She wants more like housing rights, um, more discrimination um, regulations, stuff like that. Yeah. So, what are the progressives hoping to do about it? Like, how did they run their campaigns around housing differently from how the Dems that they were competing with did? That's a that's a good question. I think there are a lot of similarities, honestly, in the way the campaigns went. I guess the main difference between the Democrats and the progressives are that the Democrats are, are kind of really pushing. Building more housing is a, the main solution to the housing crisis. And the progressives mm -hmm. are now kind of making the argument that there needs to be more done than just that. I'm sure that, you know, the Democrats will say they are doing more and that, you know, there's a recent set of housing policies, including on accessory dwelling units that, that the administration has pushed forward. But there's really, we're kind of at a, at a pivotal moment, I think, on, on housing uh, policy in the city. What else did you hear from voters? Why do you think, based on the folks you talked to, people ended up turning out for Zariah Hightower and Jane Stromberg in these two races? So a big part of it is definitely the connection to Barney Sanders. Hey, and are you comfortable sharing how you voted today? Oh, yeah. Um, progressive basically all the way. Yeah. And Bernie. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I voted for Progressive Zariah yeah. um, for Word 1. And I also voted for Bernie. Okay. Well, I voted for Jane. Yeah. And... I voted for Bernie Sanders. Talking to voters, you know, it seemed like a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters who went to the polls did end up voting for the progressives because, you know, Bernie is the kind of ultimate progressive in the presidential race. And, you know, down the ballot, they, you know, felt like the progressives were most aligned with Bernie and kind of how Bernie had governed the city in the 80s, which a lot of people still have fond feelings about. City council-wise, um, Zariah. So um, because she's also uh, the prog candidate and is very closely aligned to Bernie and his policies um, and kind of is, is reminiscent of back when he was mayor as well. So I see a lot of correlation there. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the Ward 8 race. What was at stake in Ward 8 and uh, what were the kind of nuances between the candidates over there? Yeah, so, you know, in Ward 8, you had Adam Roof. He's been at the city council for, I think, five or six years, and he... You know, was an independent, but definitely aligned with the Democrats on the council who formally became a Democrat for this election cycle. So how are you feeling today? 
tired is what I feel, <laughs> how I'm feeling, but uh, I think that's how you should feel on, on election day. And he was running against progressive James Stromberg, who definitely kind of fits the mold of the other young progressives in the city who have recently been elected. I think we, you know, we knocked on every single door, probably more, like, Maybe six or seven times. Like, yeah, we we definitely talk to people, so I'm really proud of that. Large focus on climate, uh, large focus on kind of social justice issues, and housing is another is another big issue. So. Did you hear anything that surprised you? Just like the negligence of landlords, and also just yeah, like people are really just not not being taken care of or treated like human beings, um, basically being treated like profit machines, and I just, I'm sick of it. <laughs> so, but yeah, that, like there were some stories that I just like, I couldn't fathom how bad they were. So I just, there needs to be a real change. So, yeah. I guess a big theme of this campaign and, and kind of what, actually it was Chip Mason who was talking about this after the results came in, was that the parties agreed on what the issues are, but you know, how to address them is where we're going to really get into the kind of policy battle in the next city council uh, cycle. We'll be right back. Just a quick message from our underwriters. Casella Waste Systems provides waste and recycling services for homes, businesses, and organizations throughout Vermont and the Northeast. With a focus on recycling sustainability and environmental protection, Casella ensures that proper collection, renewal, and disposal of discarded materials keep our communities clean while extending the value of your unwanted items. Fun fact, last year, Casella recovered over 2.4 billion pounds of recyclables. To learn more, visit casella.com or call 1-800-CASELLA. Tell me about your Tuesday night. What are you hearing from people right after it's become clear that Hightower and Stromberg have taken these two seats? I was waiting at Ward 1 for them to count absentee ballots, and then the uh, results came out of the machine, and it was you know clear that Zavaya had won pretty comfortably. I ended up going to the uh, Progressive Party at, at Rivas downtown. It was a very uh, joyous celebration for them. They they were really excited last year when, when Perry Freeman and Jack Hampson won, but this year was an even kind of more intense feeling of elation in the crowd. You know, really fired up and really uh, excited about their victories and, and ready to, you know, excited to govern with a, with a majority of Progressive Council. They now have seven out of 12 seats on the Burlington City Council. Yep. So on that note, sorry to interrupt, but... Ali Jang actually told me that he is now an independent and he's no longer caucusing with the progressives. So that kind of kicks their number down to six plus one. You know, he was a PD before and if he governs the way and votes the way he did in the past, he is still definitely very much aligned with the progressives on the council. Interesting. Yeah. So they now have six solid seats, one that is likely going to vote progressive on many issues. How does this change the dynamic in the city council going forward? It's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out between the kind of majority progressives and the mayor. You know, in the past, the mayor had more support on the council and he was able to kind of easily push through you know, his policies with the progressives acting as an opposition party in some cases. You know, it is kind of important to note that there are a lot of votes that are unanimous or a lot of different coalitions between the parties. And it's not always on party lines, but it does seem that a lot of the time it is kind of the progressives voting together and the Democrats voting together on issues that they don't agree on. Got it. You know, for the mayor to pass his policies, he's going to have to work with the progressives before kind of coming to the council. The progressives definitely have a more kind of assortive 
relationship now, I guess, in which they can, you know, if they're able to get everyone on board in opposition, they, ha- they have the numbers to kind of push back on policies that the Democrats want to uh, pursue on the council. You had mentioned earlier issues like the city place development, issues with the Burlington Police Department, decisions about what to do about the housing situation in Burlington. Are there specific ways that you think the new dynamic might shift the way the city is approaching things like that? I had a very good conversation with um, Councilor Jack Hansen yesterday. He was kind of going through different issues. I think he thinks there's a lot of agreement between the progressives and, you know, Mayor Weinberger. But on policing and community oversight of policing, uh, that could be kind of a, a issue where we have some disagreement, where the, at least some progressives want a police commission that can directly discipline officers and kind of take that power away from the chief and give it to the citizen police commission. Hmm. And that is an issue where it does not appear that the mayor is on board. A lot of other issues the parties end up taking different approaches on. An example would be from last year with the issue of putting the City Hall Park renovation on the ballot or not. The new council, I would guess, would vote to put that issue on the ballot. And if, like, this, you know, for the sale of Burlington Telecom, it would be very interesting to see that process play out with the new council. Uh, obviously, this happened a couple of years ago, but the new council, I think, would be uh, much more likely to vote to sell the telecom to the local co-op. A couple of issues like that, we could definitely see some some uh, contention, even though it's kind of hard to predict you know, what issues the progressives are going to pursue and, and how those votes are going to play out. Looking even further down the road, we know there will be another round of elections in a year. How are folks expecting that this new dynamic will kind of feed into the next round of city elections? Yeah, so you know, the mayor seat and four city council seats are up in the next uh, cycle. And Tuesday night uh, at the Fog Victory Party, Josh Ronsky, the executive director of the Progressive Party, uh, was already talking about the mayoral election. Uh, he said, we're going to start recruiting a mayor candidate tomorrow. Jack Hansen in our interview was talking about how this was a, the next year would be good to work with the mayor on issues they agreed with, but really start building to getting the mayor seat back for the progressives and then having a progressive majority government that could really set the agenda and really govern the city with a progressive mayor and a progressive majority on the council. Conversations have kind of started among progressives about who the candidate should be. A couple of progressives I've talked to have really stressed the importance of uniting the left, trying to avoid a situation that happened in the last election cycle where there was kind of a more moderate progressive and a more left-wing progressive both running, which kind of splits the progressive vote and, and remote, uh, Weinberger got elected with less than half of the vote. So the kind of question is who, which candidate could do that, and how kind of will the election play out? Because with the results of the last couple of years of city council elections, uh, progressives are feeling pretty good about their opportunities of, of winning back the mayor's seat. So I guess the, the question right now is, with, you know, who's interested in running? Uh, a handful of city councilors either have said they're interested or are kind of being floated around as, as possible candidates. Vine Pine has said he is considering running. Ali has said he's considering running, but he said that he would run as an independent, likely, um, and not connected to either political party, so that could be an interesting wrinkle. Max Tracy's name has been kind of floated around as someone who could potentially be the person to tie together the two sides of the Progressive Party. You know, he says he's focused more on governing right now with the Progressive majority than the upcoming election. Um, and a couple of progressives with, I guess, a little lengthier uh, experience in, in the community. John Franco, who's an attorney who most recently has been representing uh, City Place opponents, and he uh, is a close 
close colleague, I guess, of, of Bonnie Sanders. He's considering a mayoral run. So is Gene Bergman, who was the assistant city attorney for a while. And uh, he retired in 2018, but uh, his name has been floated around as a potential candidate. And he told me that he was uh, thinking about it. Karina Driscoll also might be interested in running. Yeah, that's someone who I haven't been able to talk to yet, but her name comes up consistently in conversations about who the next mayor would be. And of course, uh, she ran in the last election cycle. Sounds like a potentially crowded field. It does. Uh, you know, the way things work out usually is that by the time the elections roll around, it, it kind of paves its way for one or two candidates. But it does sound like there could be more than a couple candidates running. I think it's really interesting. I, I think it says a lot about the politics of the city of Burlington that you can even be having a conversation about, you know, moderate progressives and far left progressives. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's also kind of this generational divide, which is particularly interesting. And, you know, you have a lot of young, really young progressives getting elected and they tend to be more of the party's left or wing. Well, you have some more, you know, experienced progressives who have been on the council for a long time, you know, facing kind of primary challenges from this younger left or wing. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see who the mayoral candidate is and if they can a- appeal to both groups. When we were talking to Dave Hartnett at the Ward 1 polling place, he seemed to think that the Democrats would be hard to beat just because the sort of progressive swell that we've seen is limited to certain districts of the city. You see, uh, you see a big movement within the progressive party in certain wards young progressives, right? You know, one, two, and three particularly, right? You don't see that as much in five and six and four and seven, right? And so, uh, you know, they're gaining in certain wards, right? But overall, throughout the city, it would be an uphill battle for them to, I think, get a young progressive elected in mayor in Burlington still, right? I mean, it's, it's you know, Burlington's a, a pretty moderate city, really, you know, for the most part. And wards five and six are very democratic. And wards four and seven are very independent leaning, moderate independent leading, right? It's interesting to kind of see. So, but clearly the young progressive parties have made inroads in wards one, two, and three, for sure. Dave is from the New North End, and he was kind of making the argument that the young lefty wing of the progressive party is not politically powerful enough on its own to win the mayor seat. He's saying, you know, they're popular in the Old North End in Ward 1 and 8, uh, so the East District and the Old North End. Uh, but then the South End is kind of consistently Democratic. And the New North End also consistently, they're kind of in flux right now. You know, it used to be pretty conservative, Republican, kind of has drifted, you know, to the Democratic side a little bit. But it's a uh, little unclear up there because you have you do have two Democrats who represent them on the council. But one of those Democrats ran with progressive support. And the third person up there is Ali, who is an independent, but more on the progressive side. Essentially, Dave's point is that the young, really far-left progressives are popular in the city, in the Old North End and the East District, but to win the mayor's election, you need to get support in the, the more Democratic South End and the New North End, which it does tend to be more conservative, even though progressives do see opportunity up there. Got it. So what are you watching as these dynamics play out over the course of the next year? The generational divide in the progressive party is key. And can the progressives find a candidate who can appeal to both kind of the older progressives who built the party kind of from scratch and have been governing for a long time, while also the extremely energized, more left wing of the progressive party, the younger left or 
you know, wing of the progressive party who, you know, are really strong at the ballot boxes, as we saw on uh, Tuesday. You know, can the progressive field a candidate who unites the left? If the left splits a vote among more than one candidate, that could pave the way for uh, the Democrats to hold the seat. But it does look like it might be difficult based on the results of the last couple of elections for the Democrats to, you know, hold on to the mayor's seat. The mayor election, it's going to be heated, it's going to be intense, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for the rundown, Aiden. Awesome. Thanks for having me. You can find all of Aiden's reporting on Burlington City Politics at vtdigger.org. While you're there, check out our full slate of town meeting day coverage. We've got stories on school budgets, the presidential primary, gun sanctuary resolutions, the Lamoille Rail Trail, rural broadband districts, and a whole lot more. You're listening to The Deeper Dig, a weekly podcast from the VT Digger newsroom. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they land. We use music this week by Blue Dot Sessions. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.